God bless you. It's fantastic to have you with us here today. Okay, please be seated. Dave, we're looking forward to hearing what you say. Well, muy buenos días, que Dios los bendiga a todos ustedes. En el nombre de Cristo Jesús. ¿Está bien? Yeah. Just say yes. Uh, just said, good morning, God bless you, in Jesus' name. Well, I talked to my wife, and she said that everything's going to be all right. <laughs> I'm really blessed. She's a good lady. She set me up a fishing trip as soon as I get back from here, so I'm pretty happy about her. I think I'll keep her around. <laughs> We're going over into the South Texas area at the, in the jetties at Gulf of Mexico. It's a... Should catch us a pretty good shark, hopefully. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, I'm deliberately, like he says, I'm deliberately going to go shark fishing. That's right. All right. Uh, There's so much things happening with us that are fun. uh, But uh, you have to go out of your way to be fun about it. Because the devil hates us. You know, you, you come in here and everybody's looking really good. You look really good this morning. And I'm glad you put on some perfume and took a bath. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice of you. But you know, at, uh, nearly every family in here has some kind of trauma going on. There, there, you wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to go past the first row of people right here. And I could find enough trauma to keep us praying for over an hour, you know. And, and look at all the folks in here, and all of us are living life exactly the same. What we need is not more government. It's not more government programs. What we need is the blood of Jesus. What we need is opportunity to set our hearts right and to go for it in the Holy Ghost for, the, for Jesus. Isn't that something? I'll tell you, if, well, you, you turn to Second Timothy while I'm telling you this, if that's all right. Uh, my son-in-law told me that I, I talked a good long while last night. I didn't even realize it. I apologize if I overdid. I have a way of doing that because the people I work with, none of them have a watch. So we don't, time is when, when, when you get tired and sleepy is when you quit. So, so, <laughs> I apologize. Y'all, uh, Y'all run by a different schedule than we do. Y'all run by Western schedule. We run by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Y'all go to Second Timothy. And, uh, you know, I was in a service, uh, one of our services. We was having a good time. Uh, I don't get to uh, do a norm, what's considered a normal church service anymore. Because uh, uh, when I go, when the people find out we're going and that my wife and I are going to be there, <clears throat> you'll have 30, 40 churches come walk through the woods. Uh, just it'll be hundreds, hundreds of people there, uh, you know, and it's it's and it's more like a conference setting than a, than a normal church setting. Now, watch this. We're sitting there. <clears throat> and it, some guys got up and talked and finally it's my turn and I'm a. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to preach, but the Holy Ghost had already, I mean, this thing was so worked out. I was the one that 
got left out of the agenda. The Holy Ghost forgot to tell me that I wasn't going to preach. I mean, I work up this message. I, you know, it takes a couple of hours to do. You know, and that's what I do for a living is I try to get, I try to figure out what God wants to say for that moment so we can be as close to right as possible. But after, I tell you, I've been in four continents in the last two months, and after traipsing around the world the way I do, I don't know who's right. I just know it's right to love Jesus. All right, all this hype about, you know, this group's better, or this has better music, or this has better media, or this has that, or that, or this, or this, or that, calm that down, do this. Boy, I don't know about all that stuff. But I do know that if you let Jesus move, you'll have a good time. And you'll be just at peace inside and have just a blast. So that's what I've decided to do. So that's what we're doing. That's what I'm going to do today. Some of you are going to be offended at me. Well, you know, I was expecting more out of you. Well, you can come up here and show me if you don't mind. You can show me how to open the blinded eyes and get the lame people out of the wheelchairs and get the cerebral palsy healed, get the tumors off people and the cataracts. You just help yourself. I'll watch if you don't mind. I'll watch you. But I've learned how to do that. It may not be like you know how, but I sure have learned how to do it, and I've, I've learned how to do it with a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, let's include raising the dead in that batch, all right? Because this, this is what I'm fixing to talk about. I'm standing up there, and I just saluted the people just like I did to you. I was talking in Spanish. We had several different tribes there. It was three or four tribes. So you have to speak Spanish so that you can cover everybody. You speak one language, and the other two, can't, two or three can't hear you, so you've got to go in Spanish. And so, uh, and there was this blind lady standing over there. She got a hold of her grandson, and she heard me start talking. She stood up. Okay? Now... For you, normal church is we come in, the, the, the benches are great, everything's in order, all the trash is picked up. It's a, it's, it's a wonder who does that, you know? You come in, you park your car, somebody took your parking spot, so you're mad about that. You come in, but how did all of this stuff get straight in here? It's just a phenomenon that happens, you know. <laughs> I'm... Fourth generation pastor. So I, I know the phenomenon. You're looking at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's something else to talk about later. But this lady heard my voice. She can't see. And she says, in a loud voice, I mean, this, we're fixing to have church. I'm fixing to preach. Don't, you, don't she understand that I'm important? I mean, what is it with her? I mean, she's not getting this. I mean, she ain't, it's not time for her to stand up and say, isn't that Brother David talking? Duh. She needs to be more religious, don't you think? She needs to calm down and sit down. It's my turn. And, but you know what? If somebody stood up and did that, you would look at them and tell them, you, you might not say it out loud, but you'd tell them, and say, would you sit down? Because you see, you got church figured out before you ever get here. You think you know what's going to happen, 
But what if God decides to change it? And just what if He fails to tell the leadership? <laughs> well, that's what happens in lots of our services. So this, this blind lady, she said, isn't that Brother David? And I, I look at her. And I don't know her. She's from a new work. Now watch. She walks straight up there. Her, her grandson's carrying her to me. He's trembling. He's afraid of me. And he should be. <laughs> and, and he's coming up. And I'm looking at her. And I said, what, what is it? She said, I want, to, I want to say something to you. I said, all right. I'll help yourself. I mean, you know, you got charge of the service. Help yourself. So she, she said, I want to tell you, thank you for the gospel. I said, that's not a problem. She said, Brother David, you don't understand. She said, yes, I am still blind. She said, but you know what? My entire family are saved and full of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that something? She said, I just want to hold your hand. So I let her grab hold of my hand, which is way out of custom for them. Uh, women never touch me there. It's just they don't do it. The women sit in a different place than men, and it's all a separated deal and issue for them. And so I let them do it. It's who they are. Right? Hello? You're going to start telling me they need to be free, and I'm going to start telling you you need to be holy. So let's, do, let's get this sorted out. <laughs> so anyhow. I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm holding on to it. All right, now watch this. This blind lady starts weeping. She's so grateful that God sent us out in the nowhere where nobody's ever been with the gospel. And her family got born again. They got a, a, a pretty good-sized church now. And when she started weeping, the Holy Ghost said, I've seen enough. I never got my, my, my message. It's sitting on the table in my Bible. I never got to open my Bible. And you know, you think, well, let me tell you about the Holy Ghost hit us. And for the next four hours, if you came forward, it didn't matter who you was. You got the ever loving fire whooped out of you by the Holy Ghost. And I mean, we had so much fun. We were playing and dancing before God for hours upon hours. There were some men came up that had tumors, two of them. And I didn't know it. That one of them was one of our, uh, an elder in one of our churches. He comes up, he lifted his shirt. There were four big uh, grapefruit-sized tumors on his body. And we laid our hands on him. The Holy Ghost knocked him out. Several hours later, he gets up. He starts, I mean, just cutting a rug. You understand cutting a rug? No. Dancing. And so he's dancing and worshiping God and way out of character for him. And he picks his shirt up and all them tumors are gone and it's wonderful. A good thing. All right. Now, right in the middle of all of this great Holy Ghost move, there's a young woman comes up, and she's got this little baby, right? And, and I'm drunk in the Holy Ghost. You know, I can't. If, if they wanted me to preach, I couldn't preach now. It's too late. So she comes walking up there. My wife's standing there because the ladies have to keep, we have to keep everything separate because they get a little bit touchy about that. And 
And so here comes this, this woman up with this baby and she's just staring right at me. She also is touched by the Holy Ghost. And she offers me that baby. And now that's not legal. That's uh, against the rules. Um, but I'm sitting there, I'm, li- I'm just looking at her. And I took the baby and I didn't know what in the world was going to happen. Now listen to this. Now th- this is what... Alright. F- for what I do... What I'm fixing to tell you is the best I can have it. Did that make sense to you? For what I do and where I minister, how I go to these people, how they're steeped in witchcraft, they've been worshiping devils for 3,000 years, all of that. And we go in and we decide to fight that stuff. We're, we're on purpose attacking the powers of the devil. We are on purpose aggressive against the enemy. All right. And so we're stepping into this, and when we, when she comes there, she says to me, Brother David, there's nothing wrong with my baby. I said, well, that's a good thing. She said, I too want to tell you thank you for the gospel. I said, you're very welcome. I said, what village are you from? She told me. I said, yeah, I've heard y'all got a good thing going over there. She said, let me tell you how good it is. She said, my husband is not an elder. I said, all right. He's not even a deacon. I said, that's fine. What's this? She said, we just go to church and worship God. I said, man, that is awesome. That's exactly what I want you to do. Now watch. Her baby got, uh, got, you understand the colic? All right. Baby got colic at first. Then it turned into, uh, uh, what's that, a whooping cough. Uh, you know, she got sick, more and more sick. And uh, next thing you know, it's got this deep cough and it's a little bitty baby. And then the whooping cough and then the baby died. All right, now the mama, the mama, this young woman, it's her, I think it was her second child. So she's not an elderly mother or a grandma. So she don't have all this stuff sorted out yet. You, you understand? People think they do until they become a mother and then all of a sudden they don't real, they realize they don't know what they thought they did. <laughs> and then, yeah, it changes real quick. So... Now what? She's got a dead baby. Her husband has gone out in the field. What do you do? Hello? Y'all know everything. Y'all got all the theology figured out in the books. I'm listening. All right. First thing we've taught them to do is try to find an elder. Because the Bible says you you get the elders of the church and lay hands on them and, and they'll be healed. All right. So she leaves her baby laying dead on the table. All right. In a hut. She takes her second child, or actually the first child, and she goes and runs to the pastor's house. No pastor, no wife, nothing. pastor's wife's gone. They're all out in the field working. She goes to one of the elders' houses. They're not there either. She goes back home. I don't know what to do. So guess what she did? Now, now what's this? this? To me, what I do, this is the best that could happen. In my opinion, she goes next door to her fresh born-again neighbor who she had been witness to who got saved and she was home. Now you got two young mothers. They ain't been saved very long. So they kneel down and start asking God. They don't even know the proper procedure. You know, I can sit here and give you a whole bunch of different steps how we've done it in the past and different things work. But I'm not going to tell you any steps. I'm going to tell you it's Jesus. And when it comes time to have faith, 
have it. <laughs> Hello. What are the steps, Brother David? The steps are love Jesus and have faith and you'll get done, done everything you need to get done. Hello. And she says, they knelt down and they started praying and the day moved. The shadows changed. Her and that young woman, they're there praying in tongues. They don't know anything else to do, but they're not leaving. The husband comes in from work. She's, she explains to him that, you know, things have gone bad and they've been praying all day your thing is well did they go to the doctor there isn't no doctor 100 kilometers away there's a hospital but it's a butcher shop and I told them to stay out of that place hello I said did you hear me okay he said well let me go get the pastor. By then, the pastor was there. They come in. They still got their machetes on from being out in the field. They gather up some elders. They come in there. They sit down. They're worshiping God. About a dozen hours after they started this prayer, the little baby coughs, comes back to life. The tosferina, no, the uh, hooping cough is gone. And the uh, baby's healed and everybody's happy. Did you hear me? For me and what I do, grassroots people, mothers, taking care of their babies, praying for them, and I'm coming back to life. That's Hebrews chapter 11. Do you understand that the Bible says that mothers prayed and their dead were raised? Do you understand that's what it says in your Bible? Hello, do you understand that? Okay. Now, I want to talk to you about something that's going to take but a couple of minutes. It's two minutes to 11. We're going to start timing right now. Second Timothy <laughs> chapter 2. This is something that I'm really big on, okay? We have to mobilize ourselves. We are going to have to begin to act like an army. If you don't hear what I'm saying, the calamities of days are coming upon us. Things are changing. I'm telling you, I know that for 2,000 years, preachers have been saying we're at the end of times. Pastor was telling me that there was an earthquake last night right over here in Napier. All right, my goodness. Was, I had my best night's sleep last night. I slept right through it since I, since I traveled all them hours. Okay, so I'm glad somebody was able to tell me that it happened. You're going to have to mobilize. You say to me, well, we're, we're doing good. I understand that. But I didn't ask you to do good. Now, I want you to look in your Bible and show me where God asks you to do good. Your Bible says that God asks you to do right in the sight of God and man. Hello? The church now says... Good is an appearance, a way of dress. It's not about character anymore. It's not about stability in the gospel anymore. It's not about what can you produce for the Holy Ghost anymore. It's about how do you appear 
to the contemporary people sitting around you? How do they perceive you when you walk through those doors? What kind of a face can you put on to make it look like everything's going good for you? That is not the gospel. That is a false way of living. I'm asking you to rise up as soldiers of the cross. As people of faith. Anointed. Alright. That young woman that got her dead raised. Her baby back from the dead. Do you understand that she is second generation in our work now? Her parents were the first ones to get born again. And she got born again after a while. Now, we need three generations. We need the older people, the middle working class people, and the younger people. To have a full-on revival, you're going to have to have all three generations. And you'll have to tolerate each other. And to do that, you're going to have to be mobilized as an army. You're going to have to follow leadership. You're going to have to understand rank. You're going to have to understand authority, responsibility. You're going to have to understand integrity and honor. And discipline. And you're going to have to get this thing done. How did our work grow so large in Mexico? People ask me all the time. Brother David, y'all, y'all's work's just 30 years old. How did you get done what, you, what, y'all, what y'all do? How did you get it done? And my answer is, I don't have an idea. We went down there. We've got an idea. We stuck to that idea. We're not moving to the left or right. You're not going to talk me out of it. There's nothing you can do to change my course. God and every, God put me on course and every devil's tried to change me. I'm not going to. This course works. And it's a Holy Ghost army course. Look what this says in, uh, in, uh, Second Timothy chapter, uh, two, verse one. It says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. See, when you get around people like myself that are aggressive and strong, the first thing you want to do is try to look at them and see what's wrong with them. Try to find out what, to, to make yourself okay at where you are, you look and see what, what's wrong with the person that's being aggressive in your face. Hello? Well... I'll promise you, I got a lots of things. I'll probably use a chartreuse uh, 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 bait when it's time to use a red one. And I know with you fishermen, that really makes you mad. You know what? I don't give a flip about what you use fishing. And you don't like what I use fishing? Live with it. <laughs> You say, well, you're an American. You got them cowboy boots on. We don't do that here. I don't care what you do here. This is what I do everywhere I'm at. You live with it. It don't have to do with boots. It don't have with fish baits. It don't have to do with, with spring bucks or wallabies or all blacks. It's got to do with Holy Ghost. Who's going to win tomorrow the FIFA I don't know, but I'm going to bet, bet it's going to be the best one. It's going to be whoever scores and keeps it. How's that going to change my life? It's not. My life is being strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, do you have a preference? 
Absolutely. Well, what is it? That's none of your business. <laughs> Look at verse 2. It says, And these things that you have heard of me amongst many witnesses, commit you to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now listen to me. For me to come here and talk to you about being a soldier of the Lord Jesus, let me just tell you what I think about you. I think you can do what I'm fixing to tell you. You understand that? I'm not wasting my time. I don't believe that you're a write-off. Do you understand? I don't believe that. And neither does God. But you've got to understand, it's time for the church of the great Holy Ghost to stand strong in the grace of God. And to teach what's been put in you by the Holy Ghost. Teach to capable people who can teach others also. Hello. You hear me? Y'all with me or not with me? So far, how am I doing? You need to translate anything for me? You need to interpret anything? We're doing all right so far today. We're doing good? All right. He was my interpreter last night, so I just wanted to make sure I'm doing all right so far. <laughs> you ought to have seen that little woman. When she, when she handed me that baby and she told me that story about her baby being raised from the dead... You know, I looked over there at the men. There's, you know, hundreds of men standing there. I don't know which one of those men's her husband. I don't have a clue. It didn't make any difference. I'm sitting there. I'm a good grandpa. So here I am babysitting and the Holy Ghost knocked her out. <laughs> See there? That's how you do it. The gospel's easy. You let her raise the dead. Then you let the Holy Ghost knock her out while you babysit her kids for her. It's easy. <laughs> Oh, I tell you, I love what I do. Can you tell? And I want you to receive this. Okay? Because I believe you can do it. God believes you can do it. So therefore, we're going to do it. It says in my Bible, Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. See, this is a subject that not very many people will touch. But I will. I'll, I'll come to you and talk to you right, right face to face about it. I want you to understand that life's hard. And I, doggone, I apologize about that. I do. I, I really do. I don't like it. But no amount of me fretting or being angry about it or pushing on it is going to change it. What's going to change it is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and being strong in the grace of God and being a good soldier and standing against the power of the devil. That will change our surroundings as I go down through life and as this hardness and this, this, these hardships come against me and push against me, whether it's finances, whether it's sickness or disease, whether it's relationships, whether it's family problems, whatever the subject, whether it's a job, no matter what it is. My responsibility is to stand strong in the grace of God. My responsibility is to teach and show other people how to do that. 
My responsibility is to be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> so that these young mothers, they see my wife and I standing there in the presence of God, enjoying the Holy Ghost. And both of us are gray-headed and been there for 35 years, helping and blessing and carrying on like, we, like it's our first day, you know. And I looked at my wife and she said, give me that baby. I said, you got it. I handed her that baby and she's there, you know, and she's praying for these women and holding that baby. And I'm just admiring. I just, I admire her. I admire what God's letting us do. It's because of one thing, good decisions. My wife and I every day decide to stand strong in the grace of God. We talk to each other about it every day. I look at my wife and I tell her, today's a good day to stand for the Holy Ghost. Today is an awesome day to be a good soldier, to draw my war sword and hunt me a devil. (laughs) The Bible says the Word of God is a sword of the Spirit. (laughs) That's what the Word of God says. That's what the Word of God says, so you might as well live with it. I walk with my sword in my hand. Well, Brother David, you shouldn't hunt them down. Why not? They're hunting me. Shouldn't I find them first? Shouldn't I get the first shot off? Come on! Come on now, we can do this. (laughs) I am so convinced. Can you tell I'm convinced? I'm convinced that not only can we do it, we can do it with honor and integrity. Our shoulders square and clean hearts and bright eyes and Holy Ghost. But what about the hardship? Yeah, what about it? Man, she's tough, huh? But, but, but what? What do you want me to do? Worship it? Worry about it? Let it take over and consume my life? Not today. I'm going to let Jesus do that. Huh? Yeah, I'm going to let Jesus do that. <sighs> let me show you something. Is it all right? My, 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 my bookmarker fell on the floor. So I'm going to have to hunt it up just like you are. But it's in Revelations chapter 3. I want to read a verse or two with you if that's all right. It's okay if I preach the gospel. That's all right. Because I got a story I want to tell you in just a minute that's going to make you so happy. Your eyes are going to stand out on the ends. And you're going to go, what did, what did you say? So I'm going to have to tell you twice. Just so you get the story straight. (laughs) Come on. Revelations chapter 3. Let me see which one of these. There's two of them there. I want to do the... uh, Oh, that's the one I want to do right there. Yep. Revelations 3 and verse 6. Is it okay if I'm a free man? You've never met a more serious or disciplined fellow than I am in my life. I enjoy those things. I love it. But I also, there's something else I like. I like to be a free man. I like the freedom that I've been given by the Holy Ghost. It really 
infects and affects a lots of people when I get around them. Because it's real, that's why. Now, ready? Revelations chapter 3, verse 6. The Bible says, He that has an ear, I have one. See right here? It's under the, this white hair over here. Actually, I have two of them. He that has an ear, what does the Bible want us to do? Let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit's saying. I'm telling you, I've, I've been, I'm blessed. Just all over the world. And, and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. And I'm not going to try to stop it. I'm going to do my best to preach to the end. And that's as far as I can go. So there you go. It's what is the Spirit saying. It's not what does the government say. What is the UN saying? It's not what... I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going political. I'm staying Holy Ghost. It says in my Bible, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said to the churches. And the angel of the church of Philadelphia write. You know, I could put Hastings in here, Hawks Bay, or anything I want to put in here. Look what it's saying. It says, These things says he that is holy. I tell you, the great Holy Ghost is wonderful. You know what? It's all right if you go right ahead. You're sitting in here and you've been battling some kind of disease. It could be fibromyalgia. It could be, it could be osteoporosis. It could be, it, it, it could be, it could be, uh, diabetes. It could be, uh, 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 what's that? The other things, a bunch of them, any of them, tumors, uh, lumps, humps, bumps. It don't make any difference. It don't matter what their names are. And you know you're battling them, and they're very real hardships, and they're disturbing you, and and you won't help, and you've been to the doctor, and they're saying to you, you know, we don't know what it is. They're putting fear in you, and everything else. Listen to me. Listen to what the Spirit of God says. He that is holy says something. He that is true. He that has the key of David. I want you to know we have run across some of these keys. And we're using them and unlocking powers of God and anointings and abilities uh, that not very many people around us get to see. And I'm grateful about that. Not that people don't get to see it, but that we do. That's because we look for them. We hunt them. We're with the holy. We are with the true. We are with the one that has the key of David. And the Bible says, He that openeth and no man shuts. Now I'm going to have to tell you, you might not like how I approach people, how I dress, how, how my family is. You know, that's your problem. That's not mine. But you know what? You're going to have to accept the fact that God is in charge. You can kick and buck and snort, lay down in the floor and kick a tantrum. All we're going to do is laugh at you because you've got to pick yourself up and do right anyway. Because it don't make any difference what you think about it. God's going to do what He's going to do and we have to obey. 
Well, I can choose. Yes, you can. You can choose to follow the devil. And you know what? If you do that, I'm going to have to let you. People are always telling me, you're a minister. Shouldn't you try to talk me out of being evil? No. No, I shouldn't. You want to choose to be evil? There's the door. Help yourself. You want to go to hell? I'm going to have to let you go. But you know what? I know a better way. His name is Jesus. If you'll listen to me, God will help you, heal you, bless you. He'll sort things out for you. But if you've got to have it your way, you've got to be stubborn and rebellious, and you've got to go to hell, I'm going to have to back up and let you have that. Because I'm going with Jesus. And I don't want to be rude about it, but somewhere along the way you're going to have to see that you're not a baby anymore. That we're adults. And it's time to act like one. It's time to stand strong in the grace and mercy of God. It's time to be a good soldier. It's time to take these teachings to heart and stand in them and be a true test of the power of God. Now watch what this says. He that opens and no no man shuts, and he that shuts and no man opens. And I know your works. I have set before you an open door. I'm telling you, the door is open. I get around folks all the time, and they tell me, Well, man, I pray in them, the heavens are made hard. There's some kind of metal I can't get through. Uh, you little rebellious lying thing. Look, I know me, and I know how hard it is for God to get me to do something. You have such an advantage because you're so good. (laughs) Come on. Please hear me. I'm telling you the door is open. You're sitting there. You're making choices. You're mad at somebody. Somebody's offended you. Something's happened you didn't like. Well, how long are you going to sit there and sulk about it? You old mad thing, get over it. Come on. You burn it so much negative energy, it's so much easier to be happy. (laughs) I understand that the hardships are going to hit us all the same, but it matters how we decide to accept them. It matters how we decide what's going to happen in our lives. Well, Brother Hogan, this happened to me, and these people did that, and the devil. Just blame it on whoever you want to. You accepted it, and go ahead and understand that, okay? But you can blame whoever you want to. I'll let you do that, but we're going to just smile at you because we know better. We know it was you that decided to get angry. We know it was you that decided to show out. Hello? So we're going to stop that. And we're going to be good soldiers. And we're going to stand strong in the grace of God. That's what we're going to do. In Jesus' name. Okay? Hello? Okay? Okay. Now then. We had ourselves a conference, which we always do. We're always, that's all we do anymore. 
Well, that's not all we do anymore. That's all I do anymore. And I don't know, there's around a thousand folks there uh, right at it. Was it, uh, was it Vista Alegre was the name of that? We had that tent, or uh, Villa Hermosa. Villa Hermosa. Villa Hermosa. Beautiful way is the name of that. And so we're, you know, we're there, you know, and uh, we're having a good time. And here again, it got my turn to preach. Well, I didn't get to again. I'll tell you all this preparation and prayer and seeking God. And, you know, it's like God must, you know, I think he don't believe, he don't let me preach a lot. In our work, I don't get to talk a whole lot. I stand up there and I start telling people, you know, Jesus is good. God is awesome and he's healing, delivering. And all of a sudden somebody will stand up and start shaking. I go, well, that's the end of that. (laughs) Next thing you know, right around them, 150, 200 people get knocked out. And I go, wow, thanks, heaven. (laughs) You know, it was a good message. I was going to preach about Jesus. Really, I was. (laughs) Isn't that something? I mean... You know, we got to talk this over. It's like God thinks he's in charge. Yes. What is that? I mean, that is scary. It is scary. I mean, God knows everything. How could he ever think he's in charge of the church? We know better, don't we? It's men who run the church. Come on. It's supposed to be the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on. You better lighten up with me because I'm going to sit here and look at you till you do. Well, this is Sunday morning. I got that. I looked at my schedule a while ago when I wrote down how many chapters I read this morning. I know it's Sunday morning. I got that figured out. Well, you're not supposed to act like this on Sunday morning, really. Okay. Holy Ghost, you heard him. <laughs> he forgot to tell me that. Listen to me. We're having such a good time. The, the press, the people, I couldn't even move. They came around me. I was, I, I was trying to move and couldn't. That Holy Ghost hit us so hard. I finally climbed up on the table and I said, you know, I bet I can fly. It's true. You think that when God's on you sometimes. Well, you may not, but I do. (laughs) You know, one of these days I'm going to stand up and fly. Well, it's going to be by the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Not by something else. So, now watch. We started praying and I mean God started moving. Words of knowledge started coming forth. Words of wisdom. These pastors, these these all of our dead raising uh, anointed elders, they're going and getting other pastors and these troublemaking, rebellious people. And I mean, God's really fixing the church. Did you know that it's legal for God to fix the church? <laughs> Goodness, you know, I know that's out of character for how we look at it. But God wants to fix the church. 
He wants anger out and peace in. He wants joy and mercy and grace established. He wants anointing and understanding and and wisdom and knowledge and discretion and discernment. He wants rejoicing and prosperity and he wants us to go, wow, and just be free. You know, I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm considered the leader of all this great work and all this stuff we do. But I have more fun just playing with the Holy Ghost. I'm supposed to be this guy with all this, you know, clout and dignified. And, and what I found, some of the greatest warriors in the Bible, their clout and dignity was running around in front of the altar of God in the tabernacle, acting like wild men and worshiping the Holy Ghost with all their might. I'm talking about people who would take on Goliath and lions and bears and entire armies because they're good soldiers. But at the same time, they know how to worship God and walk in His peace and anointing. (laughs) Come on, Holy Ghost. Now watch this. So finally, God, I mean, there were so many people knocked out, we was able to start walking around a little bit. And so I had a little space, and so finally I could start moving. I was drunk. People were carrying me. I didn't even, I, I never saw most of the faces of the people. I just, I just, my hand would flop on them, and then they'd carry me, and they'd flop, and flop. And I mean, God was healing people, and it was so much fun. But then we got to the back. You know the back crowd. You know the religious. They think I'm going to get right by the door back there. You know all that foolishness that goes down on front, up front. It's not going to come back here and get me. But the problem is God drags folks like me around all over the place. And I'll hunt you. (laughs) If I see you sitting there putting your head down like this, you ought to see how obvious you are. (laughs) You have a target painted on your chest. (laughs) And guys like me are on their way. (laughs) You can run. That's all right. I got some boys up here that can run pretty fast. My son-in-law was up this morning. He doesn't run probably two or three miles. He'll get you. <laughs> Best thing you can do is act bright-eyed and act like on your way out to the door. Yeah, how y'all doing? <laughs> All right. I get back here and there's a whole bunch of these people. I'm just standing looking at them. You know, and they're looking at me, putting their head down. So I don't know who they are. I don't even know what church they're from. And I'm just looking at them. Our work is so large. I apologize to you. I don't know all the churches. I used to. It, was, it used to. I knew everybody's name. All right. And even most of the kids. 
And then it went to where I, I, I lost the people's names, and I went to most, I knew all the pastor's names. Now, I don't know hardly any of the pastor's names, and I don't know any of the churches. Just maybe a hundred or so, two hundred. It's so nice. I mean, I'm telling you, God is big. It's not about you. It's about Him. Let Him be God. When He opens the door in front of you, walk through it and don't worry about it. It's about Him. So I'm standing there and I ask a couple of guys around me, who are these people? What's the matter with them? How come they're not worshiping God? I'm mad at them. They're not worshiping God. I don't want to be around these people. What's wrong with them? Because you know when I you think I'm aggressive now. Oh, when that Holy Ghost nails me and I'm drunk, oh man, I'll say anything to anybody. I mean, it's just, oh, it's pretty scary sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure is. And so, and so they're just looking at the ground because they know I'm coming after them. So there I go, and I get them by their front, women and men, and picking them up and holding them and praying for them. God hits them. God hits them. And I'm going to get them all. I'm not going to miss one of them. You're going to come there, and you're going to act like you're some religious something or another. Well, you're going to get bothered because I'm going to bother you. You need to get born again is what you need. Born again is not religious. Born again is Jesus. I didn't have a clue. Now watch this. Now we pray for all of them. And I decided to leave them alone because one time bothered them enough. So we went back. I mean, there's so many hundreds of other people to play and have fun with that's enjoying themselves. So I just went back and had myself a blast with them. Now all of a sudden, back in the back, them bunch of folks that was just sitting down there all of a sudden, they, they jump up and it's so noticeable, every one of us just stop and look at them. What's wrong? They couldn't play with us when we was back there. Now they're playing by themselves. What is that? <laughs> Let me tell you what it was. See, I didn't know the story, did I? Did I care? Yes. Can't. You, you can't figure out every story. You'll be there the rest of your life. But here's what it is. There were a new bunch of churches. Like, I don't remember, there's two or three churches up there in these high mountains. And the, the high mountain folk, uh, they're different. They, 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 they're different. They're not like other folk. And so... Anyway, but they got, they got saved. But when they got saved, there's these people that have been telling us for years and years, they're going to kill us, and they're going to stop the gospel from spreading. Well, they attacked them. They went, the, 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 the son of one of the main men that got born again, went and got him a couple of guns, goes in the house where these people are worshiping God, and just opened fire on them. <laughs> And all those people that were sitting there that weren't worshiping God with us were full of bullet holes. I didn't know it. And watch this, though. We went back there, 
picked them up, and I'm talking about people that are wounded now, bullet holes through them. None of them died, but all of them got shot. Hello? The reason they weren't worshiping God is not because they don't love Jesus. It's not the appearance. It's the reality. And they're two different things, aren't they? Isn't that right? Is it okay if I'm honest? Because I judge these people. I didn't have the right to do that. It's okay if I'm honest with you? Because that's what we all do. As soon as we walk into a group of people, we look around, we got them assessed just like that. But you know how many times we're wrong? Always. Not always, but just about. Isn't that true? Come on. Somebody wake up. <laughs> Come on. You're all blacks, all blacks one. You ought to be a little more happy than you are. Come on. What's too bad that I'm not preaching in Sydney this morning? Because I would have fussed at him about that. Man, you're an American. You don't have the right. Don't tell me what rights I don't have. I'm a free man who works for the Holy Ghost. I'm an ambassador for God. Don't you just because I have a blue passport make me in a certain group of people. My passport is the blood of Jesus. Let's get that fixed. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Now, the man that did the shooting, he got put in jail. And all of us together say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Of course. But watch what God did. There was one or two of them sitting there full of bullet holes. And we I didn't know it. I reached and got them picked him up, prayed for him, God hit him, and all known goes the story. But we went, up, went back up to the front. Me and the elders are there worshiping God, and I mean God's just wave after wave is hitting us. You understand that? And all of a sudden, these people jump up and start worshiping God. Well, we all looked at them and wondered what's going on. Here's what's going on. What's going on is right in the middle of that great Holy Ghost move, all of them bullet wounds, all of them broken bones and messed up organs were instantly healed. (laughs) Wow! Isn't that something? You, you have to understand what I'm telling you. A man created the problem. A devil put a thought in a man's head, right? He goes, caps these people. Bah, 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 bah. They are Holy Ghost filled people. Brother Hogan, why did that happen? I don't have a clue. Don't you theologians figure all that out and argue about it. I don't honestly care why the devil was given permission to shoot them people. You know what I care about, right? That every one of them is healed and full of the Holy Ghost. You should have seen it. And it lit those folks on fire. Could you imagine? All right. What about the fellow that did the, did the shooting? Some of our pastors 
went to the jail, the prison, asked permission, went in there, told him the story. These people you shot, they're your kinfolks. You're in jail now for the next ten years. Guess what God did? He healed them. And that guy stood up in prison and said, what'd you say? And in walked one of the people he shot. Said, look at this. Bullet wound, gone. He fell down on his face and got born again. So now what do we have? Jail ministry. Now, I don't know how many people, seven, eight, ten people born again in that jail now. And as they're getting out of prison, they go back home. They're full of the Holy Ghost. We start church with these prisoners. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I'm telling you to stand strong in the grace of God. I understand that the things, the critics, they're out there, they're hurting you, they're offending you, they're abusing you. I got that. And I am sorry about that. But I'm asking you as a body of believers to stand up in the grace of God's power. Be strong in the grace of God. Be a good soldier of the gospel. Listen. It's difficult everywhere. And you are part of the difficulty. I got that. It is on you. I understand that. So does heaven. But heaven's asking you to stand anyway. And after you've done all to stand, what's he going to do? Ephesians 6. You're going to keep standing. And you're going to put on the whole armor of God. You're going to put on the helmet of salvation. You're going to have your loins girt with truth. You're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're going to take up the sword, the, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And you're going to be ready for battle. And even though you're going to keep getting hit with these darts of the, of the enemy, you are going to stand in the presence of God and you are going to be a true blue soldier of the Holy Ghost. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to relate that to other people. People of quality, people of renown, who will do right by the gospel. Did you hear me? Stand up, please. Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. Come on, holy. Here you go, Luis. I lost my little, what you call it, thing. Put that in my Bible, will you? I just want you to lift your hands up to the great Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Jesus' name. And these things I'm telling you all about, do, do you understand that 30 years ago, God, God spoke to me and my wife and we carried our little babies and we left our homeland and we went to a land that we knew nothing about. I didn't know anything about Mexico or the people. or I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture. I didn't know the traditions. I, I knew a little bit of the history. I knew that America had had two wars with them and we was in trouble because of that. I knew those things, but man, and the, the dread and the fear that comes on you from leaving your home. and uh, But now look, here we are 30 years later 
after standing strong in the grace of God, and now, 30 years later, living a whole lifetime and raising my family, and now we got second and third generation of people full of the Holy Ghost and raising the dead and getting shot and getting healed. And And I believe in you. It's not because you're New Zealanders. It's because you love Jesus. It's because you also have gone out of your way to let God touch you. God has called you and you have responded. And that is the right thing to do. I need you to call on the Holy Ghost this morning. Just go right ahead. Y'all all doing real good? You all right? Good. Y'all did a really good job earlier. Good job. Don't ever let anybody take you down, son. You hear me? There was a real famous preacher who told me one time. Brother Hogan, the shout you got is rare. Don't let anybody have it. No devil, nobody. Keep your shout, son. That'll get you through everything. Jesus, we want to follow you, Jesus. Now, while the church is praying, I want to ask if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus is Lord. I want to invite you to this open door of God's power. Open door of anointing. If you don't know Jesus, or you're backslid in your spirit, I would like to invite you to walk up here with me this morning. Take a little bit of courage. And just walk up here. We're going to pray with you. won't take but a couple of minutes. If you don't know Jesus, or you're backslidden your spirit here this morning. Would you please walk up here? Would you please come? In Jesus' name. Church, I want you to look around you with real reverence and be quiet and be respectful. I want you to see if there may be someone around you that don't know Jesus. Or they may be backslidden in their spirit. If they are, I want you to ask them. I want you to take them by the hand and bring them up here so that they can be touched by the blood of Jesus. If you will do that, please. Just take a moment. Well, I'm not used to that, Brother David. We'll get used to it. That's what soldiers do. They care about people. Just look around you. If there's someone, don't be judgmental. Just be friendly. Be caring. If there's someone around you, just invite them to come. In Jesus' name. Just walk up here with them. In Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus, or you're backslidden in your spirit, come on over here, little brother. Come over here with me, please. Yeah, right there, Jay. That's good. Let's talk to him. Minister to him. That's right. Somebody else, please. Come. Please, come. Don't be afraid or ashamed. There's no reason to be. name I tell you we love you the reason these doors are open is for you to be touched by heaven to someone else would you please come 
Stay with us. Jay Louis. Please come. If you're backslidden in your spirit or you don't know Jesus, I want to ask you just, man, we, I'm telling you. God lets me go all over the world and this is what I do best right here. Just come. We're going to pray with you. We're going to bless you and help you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You got to understand, I'm a good soldier. And I'll stand with my shield of faith, and heaven will help you. I'm telling you, He loves us. Do you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Jesus. Someone else. Please. Come on, great Holy Ghost. Come on, great Holy Ghost. Anybody else? Jesus' name. Come on, Holy, is there someone else? Uh, there's another thing I want to do. I want to pray for some... Uh, uh, if you're here and you have a disease or a sickness that can be controlled by medicine or it's incurable, I'd like for you to come right up here on my left. And it doesn't make me a difference how many times you've been prayed for. I want to pray with you if that's all right. Come right up here on my left. I can feel it. We're going to get some people healed. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's on me. I'm on fire. And it's not my fault. God's doing it because He wants to. We're going to have fun. Y'all, there was uh, 
There was a lady. She had three diseases. She had uh, bronchial asthma. She had uh, osteoporosis. And she had advanced diabetes. And I mean, she was spiraling out of control. The doctors were doing what they could to help her, but it was precious little. And she came there, and I mean, these people were holding her. They brought her from the hospital. And she says to me, Please. Now, what? what, what I mean, she quoted a verse to me. Please, if you can do anything, please heal me. See, that's what that leper told Jesus. And I looked at her. I said, I can't. I said, the problem you got is I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And these things that are bothering you, they know that. And they will respond accordingly. This was in South Louisiana, the United States. I laid my hands on her. God knocked her up against the wall. I was happy about that. And when she came up off that floor... She come running to me, hugging me. I said, lady, I thought you said you were sick. She said, I don't feel sick. I said, go to the hospital, get your doctor and find out. She came back to service that night. They worked on her for two and a half hours. Couldn't find none of those diseases. Completely healed. Come on. That's what I want you to do. You know why you came. This is what I'm, I don't want to offend you. But if you look around, there's probably 130, 140, maybe 150 folks up here. I'm not going to sit and listen to your life history. You're so used to rehearsing your problems. I don't want to hear it. I apologize. I am interested though. What I want is for Jesus to touch you. So I want you to say it out of your mouth to Jesus. The specific reason why you came up here just now. Okay? Do it right now. Say it to Jesus. Say it out loud. Go ahead. We're going to need some ushers, please. Brother Jay's going to need some ushers. Brother Sean's going to need some and I'm going to need some. Great Holy Ghost. Okay. You mentioned your petition to God again. See, a lot of people get a little bit testy with me. They get a little bit angry with me. Brother David, I've said it over and over and over. And I understand that. I do, I understand that. But we're going to do it again. This time, my way. We're going to call on heaven the way I know how. You ready? All I want you to do, and I don't want anybody to get hurt here. Heaven is going to touch some people. You start feeling God touching you, just sit down on the carpet. Look what's been provided. A really nice, clean area for you. Just sit down. Ready? It's really easy. 
be healed. Be healed. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But I do want you to open your spirit to the power of God. Don't be afraid. And don't be nervous. Just let heaven touch you. It's all right. Fire! Fire! In Jesus' name, be healed.